Welcome to the Time Out with Christian Panagos and Jack Regamini. How are you doing, Jack? I'm doing good today, CP. Today we're joined with a special guest, uh, assistant varsity coach of Bergen Catholic, Mike Majeo. Mike, how are you today? What's up, fellas? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's, it's a pleasure. So do you want to just like, give us some background about yourself and like how you why you decided to pursue coaching in general? Yeah, well, I, I grew up playing basketball. Um, I played basketball and baseball, but basketball was kind of the one I found to um, enjoy more, and I was probably better at basketball than baseball. And um, Yeah, I played in high school. I played at Bergen Catholic, so I played where I'm coaching now, which is pretty cool. Um, you know, I was just, I was playing there. I graduated in 2015. Um, and then I went on played in college, uh, at St. Joe's in Philadelphia. And I knew I always wanted to get into coaching. And when I was in college, I think the original plan was, um, you know, pursue a graduate assistant opportunity, uh, in two years at a division one school. Uh, but when I came home, uh, you know, this opportunity presented itself and, you know, having the actual opportunity to coach, like really, really coach at a high level high school program, rather than, um, you know, have graduate assistant responsibilities my first couple of years. Uh, that was appealing to me. So um, I'm coaching with the guy I played for when I was in high school. So um, that's been pretty cool. You know, I was playing for him and now I'm working for him. So uh, that's been a pretty cool experience. So what would you say is your biggest challenge as a coach rather than a player? <laughs> I mean, I'm young, so I mean, I'm 23 years old, and I was just playing, you know, not like 12 months ago. I was playing, so I, I think I have a pretty, I think my benefit is I have a pretty good perspective as to, uh, you know, what what the players, uh, you know, are going through and what they're dealing with, and you know, especially as a high school and a college kid. I mean, there's so much more stuff that the fan or the coach doesn't really realize. I mean, there's stuff going on off the court, stuff in the classroom, um, socially, and um, you know. Being a player not so long ago, I kind of have that perspective of both sides, which I think is good because it kind of gives me the ability to relate and kind of connect to the players a little more. Um, but in terms of coaching, I mean, it's tough when you're in my shoes because I'm not really trying. I'm, I, I try, the kids are very friendly at the high school level, and all the high school kids want to be friends with you you know, being the younger coach on the staff. And I'm in a position where, like, I'm really not there to be their friend, but I want to be their mentor, if that makes any sense. So just kind of finding that balance between developing a relationship with the guys, um, you know, being able to have conversations and, um, you know, having an open relationship. Because the kids want somebody who's approachable. Uh, that's something I realized and something I knew when I was a player. That's um, something that players look for in a coach is someone who's approachable, somebody who they can have a conversation with. So as a coach now, that's something I want to be. But at the same time, I'm not really there to be their friend. I'm there to, you know, help them, yeah. you know, develop as a young man. So uh, I'd say that's kind of the biggest thing. I found it interesting we were talking about building uh, relationships and connections with the players. Do you think having yourself being a Bergen Catholic alum plays a huge role in that? Uh, I, I, I wouldn't say that in particular. Um, I mean, I know a lot of the guys who are playing there now so I guess in a sense that helps so when I was playing in high school there were a couple kids who were on our team this past year who were sitting in the stands as you know fourth fifth and sixth graders watching me play so I knew a few guys but for the most part most of the guys who um, were on the roster last year didn't know who I was when I took the position um, we have a lot of young guys on our team and a lot of guys who um, aren't actually from the area different transfers and stuff so they didn't know who I was 
But in terms of the familiarity with the program, um, I mean, I'm, I'm very comfortable there and everything. So, uh, you know, I'm comfortable with Billy and I'm comfortable with um, kind of the environment. So I guess from a, an environment sense, I mean, I was definitely comfortable being there. But um, in terms of Bergen Catholic specifically, uh, the players really didn't know who I was, which is kind of a good thing. So it kind of gave me um, just kind of ground zero to work from and kind of develop that relationship. Yeah, it always interests me what makes like a high school basketball team successful. So do you, do you think like it's more important to have like talent on our team? Or do you think it's also just as important to have a team that fits well together and has players of high character and stuff like that? Well, t- uh, talent helps. I'm not going to lie. I mean, yeah. it helps when you have guys who can put the ball in the basket. But um, I think the thing that our head coach, Billy, does so well with the guys is, A, he brings in talent. And we have, you know, a handful of, you know, high major Division One kids. I mean, we have kids on the team who – you know, playing at Xavier, our center's going to Notre Dame. Um, you know, we have a couple guards on our team who are sophomores. They're going to be juniors at class of 2022. And, I mean, just these past couple of months, they've a handful of Division One offers high major schools. So that also helps. But um, I think the most important thing is you're not building a basketball team. You're building a program. So, um, you know, and I, I don't like the culture word, but, you know, everybody kind of uses it and they throw it around kind of lightly. But um, I really do think our coach and our staff does a good job of kind of implementing a culture um, at our program and um, kind of developing that chemistry and that community and that family. Uh, it translates on and off the court. So uh, I think it's a mix of both for sure. You know, it's definitely not. I mean, because we, we, we've I've played a lot of even as a player, we ran into a lot of super talented teams. And if there's no chemistry and it's a bunch of independent contractors and a bunch of guys with their own agendas um things kind of seem to fall apart so um you kind of need to find that mix when you can bring talent together and you get everybody to kind of buy in uh that's i think when the teams become most successful mm-hmm. i would just say the talent when you were playing at burden catholic compared to what it is now maybe more so the teams you oh. play against these kids are much better i have yeah my, some of my teammates probably won't like to hear that but these kids are much better uh, we were good. Um, we had, a, I mean, we had, a, we had a few players who could, I mean, my, my senior year uh, was myself. I was one of the starters. And then I had, I mean, I was kind of like the fourth or fifth guy in that starting lineup. I wasn't scoring all that much, but our best player was a six foot eight kid from Italy who ended up going to St. Joe's as well. And he went there on a scholarship. That's kind of how I got my foot in the door playing there. Um, and we had a couple other players who um, ended up playing division one and everything, but just the past two years, I think the guys that Billy's um, brought in, they've been in the program from their freshman to senior years and watching them develop and everything. I, th- I mean, they're, they're a better team. I and mean, when we had, guard, we had guards last year, I mean, our two guards are sophomores and they're averaging 18 points a game. Um, you know, they can shoot the ball. They can finish with both hands. Um, you know, they're playing above the rim. Um, yeah. I, I <laughs> my, my friends probably won't like to hear that, but I, I, I do think, you know, these this team that Billy's had the past two years is, um, is better than what we were from a, for definitely from a talent perspective. Um, I think from a team, um, I think it's all the same. I think what Billy's done with his guys three, four, five years ago is the same. That's how he's kind of built that culture. Um, you know, with his first few teams, he's, we've kind of built that foundation to get it to where it is today. But from a talent level, uh, I mean, there's been some special kids in the program the past two years. Yeah. So, as a young player growing up playing basketball, did you have like one person you looked up to as a player or even as someone you looked up to who was a coach that inspired you to be a coach? 
Uh, I guess as a, I mean, I'd played for, so the head coach at Bergen is Billy, uh, Billy Armstrong. And I'd played for Billy and I've known Billy my whole life. Um, cause he runs an AAU program. That's also the AAU, pro, AAU program that I work for. It's called hoop dreams. So when I first kind of started playing basketball in fourth or fifth grade, um, I played for Billy and I kind of, that's kind of all I knew, which, um, is a good thing. It's, it's also, you know, positives and negatives, but, um, that's what, it's all I knew. So I, I've known Billy as a player and as a coach my entire life. Um, so he was kind of the guy who I was learning from. And I'm very fortunate because I think he's a really, really smart coach. And, you know, with that being said, you know, he's kind of seen me grow up from a, you know, a fifth grade basketball player to a you know 23 year old coach. And with that being said, I've kind of seen him develop as a coach from when he just started his AU program to where he is now. And, um, yeah, I've been fortunate because he comes from a Division One background. He played professionally. So he was kind of the guy where, you know, I developed that foundation as a player. And I was kind of able to carry that into my college career when I had the opportunity to um, play in college. And uh, my college coach, Phil Martelli, is also another guy who really, really made me love the game. Um, and, you know, being there and playing at that college level kind of inspired me. It, it, that's kind of where I got the idea and the vision and the goal that I wanted to kind of continue in basketball. I knew I wasn't going to be able to play past college, but, um, you know, coaching and training and working with kids is something that I enjoy. Can you talk about the experience of playing under such a legendary coach as Phil Martelli? Yeah. I mean, I, I had a kind of a wild ride there. I mean, I was, like I said, when I was in high school, I, uh, I wasn't, you know, some superstar. I was a division three or division two level player. I was starting on a good team and I was kind of the role player glue guy, but I wasn't any, I wasn't receiving any division one interest, but a lot of my teammates were. So there were a bunch of coaches coming to watch us play in the fall and uh, coach Martelli and the St. Joe staff was one of them. And just through open gyms and kind of shaking hands and meeting people. Um, I got my foot in the door at St. Joe's. My, I guess it was my senior year of high school. I went to St. Joe's for a meeting because I wanted to walk on. I was kind of um, set on walking on it at St. Joe's. I liked the idea of being in school in Philly, playing in the big five, uh, being a part of that. And um, I went for a meeting. I, I don't even really remember how that happened, how the meeting was even set up. I think I was kind of pushing it. Um, I'm like, I want, well, I want to go here. I want to um, see if there's a walk-on spot. And I remember sitting in the office with Phil and I was with my dad and he basically told me, he's like, listen, you can come here, but I can't promise you a walk-on spot. I got 16 guys on the team. I already have two walk-ons. And we're going to be, you know, pretty loaded next year. I mean, you can come and try out, but I'm not just going to hand you a spot. Um, and for me, that was enough to kind of make the jump and the commitment uh, financially and <laughs> tuition-wise and kind of take that risk because I thought I could have made the team. And I ended up going my freshman year, and I got cut. He cut me. So um, that was kind of a curveball. And at that point, I, I really didn't know what to do. I was kind of a mess because um, I had spent that whole – summer leading up to my freshman year of college training and working out and I was really spending time in the gym and lifting weights and doing the whole thing and I ended up not making the team and as a whole I was just kind of like totally a mess because um I was super upset I thought I was going to make the team I was struggling academically my freshman year that first semester um like really really struggling academically I was in like two classes that I was um I had like a d and a c minus in um I wasn't really prepared for college at all. So 
um, I made the decision, I guess it was like in November around Thanksgiving, I went to the admissions office and signed a waiver and dropped out of college because I wanted to play college basketball. So I went home after that first semester, I took classes at um, the community college where I'm from. And I started kind of contacting, rekindling those relationships with the division three and division two schools that were recruiting me when I was back in high school as a junior and a senior. And um, I visited some schools and there were a couple schools out west at um, NAIA schools and division two schools that afforded me the opportunity if I wanted to transfer where I can go and play. And while I was doing that, I just kind of felt like it wasn't right. And I felt like I almost gave up on that dream that I had of playing at St. Joe's. And I guess it was around April. This is back in 2016. So spring semester of my freshman year. And I kind of had this gut feeling that I should go back to Joe's and uh, just finish what I started and try again. And um, that's kind of what I did. And by my sophomore year, I ended up making a team. And um, the thing that I appreciate, this is kind of going back to Phil, because it was kind of a long answer. Um, the thing that I appreciate about Phil is he was just so honest with me. And um, he, I had to work for everything. There were no handouts. And that's something I really, really appreciate. And look back, looking back on, I think the fact that you know, I wasn't good enough my freshman year. I just, I wasn't. In hindsight, you can look back in the moment, you're all upset. And I think, well, damn, I should be on the team. I got screwed. Uh, it could be a walk on. And then, um, you know, five years later, you look back and be like, and I wasn't ready. And so I think getting cut was one of the best things that happened to me. Um, dropping out was one of the best things that happened to me. And then just that three year process of being on the team, you know, I started on the practice squad and eventually uh, worked my way up to getting a scholarship my senior year, which was super cool. Um, but yeah, Phil, Phil's, Phil was awesome. He's one of the best people I've ever met because he, um, he really, really, really cares about his guys. Um, uh, and, you know, I saw that right off the bat. I mean, even being a walk-on, um, you're treated just like the rest of them. You're just another person on the team. And um, he, he's honest with you. He makes you work. There's no handouts, but he really cares about everybody. And he cares about his staff and he cares about – um, you know, all the people within the program. And, um, you know, he's he's one of those guys who I definitely feel like super, super indebted to and for the opportunity that he gave me because that was kind of my dream and I know I had to work for it, but um, he was honest with me throughout the whole process. And, um, I mean, that was that was kind of my goal. I wasn't a Division One level player, but, you know, just him affording me that opportunity. And, um, you know, it was one of the best experiences of my life, just getting to be in that locker room with those guys and practicing every day. And, um, from a practice perspective, I mean, the one thing that I really loved about him was like, he held me accountable. And that's something that, um, that I want, you know, there's a lot of, I have a lot of friends who were walk-ons at other schools and, um, they kind of tell me, it's like, you know, I'm like the kicker. So I just kind of stand on the sideline or I'll rebound and stuff. And, you know, the walk-ons at Joe's and that's something I'm grateful for. I mean, we practiced like uh, I've been chewed out at practice. I've gotten yelled at, which is great. I mean, I love it. I, I'm playing offense. I'm playing defense. Um, you know, if there's a couple guys who are injured, you know, the walk-ons may have to jump in with the second unit and run the offense, run the defense. So I have to know everything. We have to know the film. Um, you know, we're playing live five on five every single day. Uh, we're getting shots up. So from that experience and the way he, you know, runs his team, that was, that was um, just an unbelievable experience for me. And, um, you know, one reason why I just, I love playing for coach and uh, the assistants and just playing at St. Joe's with those, with those guys. Yeah. So you definitely say your struggles like early on freshman year helped shape you as a player and a coach and even as a person in the future. Oh yeah. Um, you know, 
I was, I mean, that's four or five years ago. And like I said, you're I'm very, you're very emotional when it happens. And I'm, I guess I was 16 or 17 years old and, you know, I, I thought I should have made the team and I, I'm like, well, I know, I already know coach because he was at my school recruiting other guys. So he knows who I am. So if they're going to take somebody, it's going to be me. And I went to the tryout and there were only a couple other kids. And that was something that I was surprised about. I expected like a walk-on tryout to be like a hundred kids. And I think it was me and two other guys. And we were basically playing one-on-one for about an hour with like the uh, uh-huh. <laughs> and um I knew going I knew going out of the tryout after the tryout I mean if he was going to take anybody I assumed he was going to take me because I was beating the guys one-on-one so I thought for sure if there was they were going to take anyone it would have been me and he ended up not taking any of us um and when that happened I was kind of just a wreck um super emotional I was crying like a baby going for long walks around the campus the college campus in Philadelphia, just kind of all upset with myself. And that's when I dropped out. But yeah, um, I think all of that um, dropping out, going to community college for a semester, living at home, um, kind of reevaluating and refocusing. Um, I think it was one of the best things that, that ever happened to me. And even from an academic standpoint, because I was a mess, I, I, I didn't know how to handle an academic workload. So going to community college for a semester, uh, afforded me the opportunity with no distractions to solely focus on my grades and working out. And I ended up being able to go back to St. Joe's my sophomore year and totally, totally turned around on um, the academic side of it, the academic side of things too. So um, yeah, I, I would, I would definitely say that. Mm-hmm. Obviously being a walk-on helped you tremendously in life, but what was the coolest moment being part of the team there? Like, did you play any like cool NBA player on the, um, when they were in college? Like, wow, this guy's a, this guy's a Yeah. Player. Um, well, I had two teammates. I had uh, one teammate who I played with for, I guess it was two years, who's on the Atlanta Hawks now, and that's uh, Charlie Brown. And he was, um, I mean, I was practicing with him every day. And typically on scout team, I kind of, I'm 6'3", so I match up typically with the wing. So I found myself stuck on him and having to guard him. So, um he was the best player I've ever played with, hands down. Um, and that's pretty cool going up against a guy like that every single day. Um, and I had another teammate, Lamar Kimball, who actually transferred to Louisville for his grad year. So he was playing there this past season at Louisville. And he was another super, super high-level guy. And, uh, you know, the thing about those two guys is, you know, the reason they're Charlie's playing in the NBA and Fresh, is, uh, his nickname's Fresh, he's going to go on and play professionally, hopefully – um, you know, maybe even get a pro contract here in America. I mean, they put so much time in. So, I mean, it's, it, it, there's no, there's this, the success doesn't happen on accident with these guys. I mean, they were in the gym every single day, an hour before, an hour after putting shots up. So being able to play with them and watch those guys work was super cool. Um, and then just playing against guys. I mean, we played, we played Villanova. So, you know, seeing, Jay Wright run, <laughs> run yeah. his run his uh, offense on us for uh, three straight seasons, losing all three times. I saw that uh, we played. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, playing at Dayton, so I played against Obi Toppin. I didn't play; I sat on the bench. But Obi Toppin, wow. that was that was one of the cooler yeah. places I played at. That was probably my favorite arena playing at uh, at Dayton. But yeah, we played there. Obi Toppin, he's going to be a lottery pick this year. He's like a freak athlete. Um, I'm trying to think with high major schools that we played. Uh, we played at Wake Forest. We played actually we played Wake Forest, and that was the first game I actually got in. So that was pretty cool. We played them down in South Carolina for a uh, like a Thanksgiving tournament, and 
they had some good players. We played against West Virginia, which was a really cool experience because it's like you see Bob Huggins on TV your whole life watching um, college basketball like on a Saturday. And then I'm walking through layup lines and he's sitting two feet away from me on his stool, that little stool that he always sits on. So, yeah, I mean, we, we, I, it was cool. I mean, I, I got to – I had been really, really, really fortunate for the opportunity. Um, played with and against guys who were just so much better than me. And I think in hindsight that that's – that'll that that's what kind of gets you better um and that's kind of why i wanted that challenge of going to uh, a school like st joe's because you know i'm practicing every single every single day against guys who are just you know significantly better than me significantly bigger faster and stronger um and i just think that's how you get better so yeah it was a really really cool experience in that regard definitely so shifting to i think your coaching career do you think it's particularly hard to coach at Burn Catholic considering they're one of the best basketball teams in New Jersey, or do you just feel like not a lot of pressure in general? Um, with, with Bergen, I wouldn't say for me, it's, it's not hard at all. Like coaching itself, like showing up, showing up every day for practice and showing up at a game. Um, the thing, Billy gives me a lot of freedom, which was something I was super excited about. And, um, as a coach, I mean, I, I have a lot of responsibility with the guys, um, you know, in terms of player development. So working the guys out, um, that's something that I enjoy and something um, that I, I think I could be good at. I'm still young, but I think just, you know, working on that skill development side of things, um, that's something I really, really like to do. Um, and then being in practice, I mean, the, the assistant coaches have a voice and that's super important. I mean, I think a lot of times you'll show up to a practice and it's the head coach, especially at the high school level. Once you get to the college level, those head coaches really tend to delegate as, you know, that's what Phil did and the assistants are kind of doing a lot of coaching, but typically in these high school coaches, the head coach seems to be the one just doing everything, but that's really not the case with Billy. Um, He really lets his assistants have a voice in practice. We do a lot of um, situational stuff where he puts us in head coaching positions, which helps us grow as head coaches, as assistant coaches. Um, so from that regard, I think the daily showing up to practice every day and coaching at Bergen Catholic isn't hard. Um, but I, I think I get what, you're, get, get what you're saying with that question in terms of you know, coaching at Bergen Catholic. I, I think a lot of people, and this is just my opinion, I think we're not very liked. I think a lot of people want to be beat Bergen Catholic when they see us on the schedule. Um, you know, we like to tell the kids, like, sometimes it's, we're, we're, we're playing – you know, it's the other team's championship game. I mean, they're circling us on the schedule. They want to come to our gym and they want to beat us. So we're going to get everybody's best game um, every night we play. You know, when we go to a public school in the county or in North Jersey, um, you know, those kids are coming for us and they want to beat our guys. And, um, you know, we kind of have that target on our back. So in that regard, it really, really forces us as a staff to be locked in and understand the scout and, um, really study the film, regardless of who we're playing, you know, whether we're playing Don Bosco, who's one of our rivals, or just playing, you know, a smaller public school from North Jersey. Because at the end of the day, if um, we're lax with preparation, you know, the players are going to be lax with preparation, and then we'll show up to a, show up to a game where, um, you know, on paper we should win. But like I said, uh, you know, people circle us on the, on the schedule. So, you know, we're going to get everybody's best game. So from that sense, yeah, it definitely is challenging. And, you know, we have to stay locked in and engaged. Um, but I think, I think that's, um, you know, it's fun. That's the fun part. Yeah. What's the Bergen Catholic Don Bosco rivalry really like? I missed you there. You said, what's the oh, Bergen Catholic the Don Bosco rivalry really like? Uh, I mean, that's exciting. Um, my, it was fun playing in it. Uh, 
it's one of those things that no matter, you know, what the matchup looks like on paper, it's really anything can happen. And that's the same thing with our, with the St. Joe's regional games as well. Um, kind of all three of those teams. I mean, all the players and the coaches in those programs can kind of attest to it. Um, you know, we could be, you know, 15 and 0, um, you know, top five in the state and then go to St. Joe's and you know, St. Joe's just loses three straight. And then we could get, you know, our butts whooped by 15 at Joe's. So really anything could happen. Um, I think that's really a testament to all three of the head coaches in our league, um, Coach Billy and the coaches at uh, Joe's and Bosco. They really, really prepare the guys well. Um, I, you know, it's, I don't mean to be biased, but I think what Billy Billy really prepares the guys. So the guys are prepared going into the games, and I really think the Joe's and Bosco programs, they're super prepared too. They know what we're doing. We know what they're doing. We know each other's tendencies. Um, and then playing on the road, in those in those games and I remember it as a player it's really really hard to win on the road so I mean even going to Joe's going to Don Bosco as Bergen it's a tough place to win and then when they have to come to us and they have to play on the road uh, you know we, we're a really really tough gym to steal a game at so um, anything can happen there's always a lot of talent it's um, high level basketball and especially in the past four or five years I mean when I was there all three of us we had good programs um, but I think even especially just recently, the past couple of years, I mean, just what I saw this past year, I mean, you know, we're one of the top teams in the state now, as is Bosco and St. Joe's. I mean, the programs have really, really kind of taken that next level step. And, um, you know, it, it just makes it all the more fun. I want to rekindle back earlier when you were talking about coaches coming to watch your players play. What's it like now when you have guys like Vanderbilt's Jerry Stackhouse and their name's Mike Bray come to see your players? Is it a cool feeling or experience to see or tell people that like these type of guys are coming to watch you technically coach? Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it, it, it's cool as me. I'm a basketball fan, so it's kind of cool to um, talk to those guys and shake their hands and pick their brains and everything and get to know them. But um, the thing I don't, I don't know if this is how this is how it works in all different states, but in New Jersey, uh, in the fall we have open gym, so technically we're not allowed to coach um, when they're coming to watch. So we just have open gym, so we basically let the ball. We, we'll just roll the balls out, and they'll just play pickup, and that's when the coaches typically come and watch the guys. Um, so we don't get to do much coaching when the other coaches are there. I mean, it would be cool if we could, but um, typically I don't know the exact dates and everything, but we can't start. Uh, actually coaching on court coaching I think it's still it's somewhere around Thanksgiving so a lot of that's like open gyms and but even just the open gyms I mean even when I was there and uh, this past season I mean we'll line up like 10 15 chairs and they'll be you know like you said Mike Bray was there this past summer um Jerry Stackhouse and Vanderbilt and I'm assuming if we can have um open gyms this fall based off the scholarships that our kids picked up um these past couple months um, it'll be another um, big list of um, high major coaches, which is which is pretty cool. Definitely. Do you think this season uh, high school basketball will even happen? Because that definitely would affect <laughs> um, these upcoming players and their I chances have, of playing in college. <laughs> I wish I had a longer answer for you, but I have no clue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, have, I have absolutely no yeah, clue. Definitely. I, hope, I hope there's high school basketball. I hope there's college and NBA and everything, but – I, I don't. I have no clue. I'm not even sitting in on those meetings as an assistant coach. And um, there's definitely the, there's no decision that's been made. I mean, we're allowed to work out with the kids now outside. So we actually start our workouts with the with the guys outside tomorrow. But there's all these different guidelines. You have to wear masks. There's only a certain number of 
players who were allowed to be at the park or the court, the outdoor court that we're using, um, temperature checks, all that stuff. So that's where we're at now in July. Um, where we'll be in September, October, November, I have, I have no clue. But I'm, I'm hoping. <laughs> it's better in New York. We can't even do anything yet with coaches or school. Really? But yeah. yeah so. It's it's so crazy. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. My next question. Um, can you talk about uh, the dedication of a player like Matt Zona at Bergen Catholic? Like I saw him play when he was a junior. It seemed like the energy he brought to the school and the team just seemed like unmatched. Like he's a player that maybe his jersey might be in the rafters one day. There. Yeah, I love Matt. Matt, um, I, Matt's one of the smartest players I've ever um, I've ever worked with, and he's one of the toughest and hardest working players I've ever worked with. Um, and like yeah, his his name, will, I mean, he's a thousand point scorer. I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me on this, but I think he's the school's leading all time leading rebounder. Wow. He's the school's all-time wins leader. He's a four-year starter. Um, you know, we were we had a chance to play for another state championship this past season, and they canceled it the day before because of COVID. So he would have been back-to-back -back state if we if if we had the opportunity to play and potentially win. That would have been another um, championship under his belt. Um, so I mean, so he has all the accolades: thousand points, rebounds, uh, winning his player in school history, four-year starter, um, and that's good and all. But I think Matt doesn't get enough credit. Because, um, you know, from a fan's perspective, you sit in the stands and you watch our – I mean, we have great guards. Uh, this past season, Will Richardson, who's going to be a high major kid, Julian Brown, um, one of the, you know, the best scorers and best finishers with both hands that I've ever seen at the sophomore level um, since I've been around. Um, Rajon figures. I mean, we were loaded with guards. And, you know, they're the ones hitting all the threes and, you know, running up and down and dunking and everything. And um, making plays in transition and Matt kind of goes un, unnoticed. Um, but the thing about Matt, he's such a good interior defender. Um, he's such a good rebounder. Um, he alters shots. I mean, he's a big, 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 strong guy. I mean, he was big. I actually saw him for the first time. I saw him two days ago and he actually shedded 20 pounds. So he's, he's much leaner now. Um, I, guess, I guess they're adjusting his, workouts and everything for Notre Dame but in season I mean he was a big kid he was strong he was physical I mean he had some key rebounds um, some key uh, finishes and putbacks and stops defensively that really really saved us down the stretch um, but yeah one of the one of the best rebounders uh, I've ever I've ever seen at the high school level he's physical he's a high motor he's a leader um, he's great on the offensive glass I think that's one of his um, his best skills, getting that ball off the glass and going up and finishing. Um, he really, really bailed out our guards too. A lot of the times, you know, our guards got um, beat off the dribble and, you know, he was able to guard his man and then alter um, the other guard shot. So I think a lot of the times, you know, from fans perspective, you know, they don't think that he like, it doesn't look like he's doing all that much, but if you just watch the film and if you know the game of basketball, I mean, he, um, he's going to, He's really good. He's going to go to Notre Dame and make an impact. I really believe that. Uh, just the way he knows how to defend, um, work in the offense and defensive glass, and he's a really, really smart player. I mean, he's he's been in the program for uh, four years, and he's played with Billy uh, prior, so he really knows the game, and I think he's going to be super super successful when he gets to uh, Notre Dame. I'll be rooting for Matt for sure at Notre Dame. I can't wait to see how he goes because I watched him play when he was a freshman or sophomore, I think. And I was just like, oh, this kid can play. Yeah. But leads me into my last question for today. You might be biased, but in your honest opinion, do you think the New Jersey Basketball League is better than the New York City Catholic League? Uh, um, 
I mean, there's good teams uh, in both leagues. I mean, Lujai beat us this year. They're a really, really good team. I mean, they were they, they were loaded this year. Uh, Stepanak's really good as well. I know a couple kids on that team. Um, I, I, I wouldn't – I don't know. I wouldn't – I mean, Lujai beat us. So, I mean, we, we played – I'm trying to think. We played St. Raymond's too, and they're a real good team. They came to our place, and we actually beat them um, at our gym. Um, I think both teams are, both leagues are super talented. Uh, but again, I think the one thing that kind of sets those teams apart from the other, um, from different, different, um, private school programs and public schools in this area is they're all well coached. I mean, Luhai, I don't know the name of Luhai's coach, but, um, he's a tall super, guy, right? Yeah. Buck it yeah. might be. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I know he played at Wake Forest, but he runs a really good program over there. I mean, we scrimmaged Luhai when I was a senior in high school. And I think that's when they had Devonte Green. I could be wrong. He was at Indiana, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're, that's a really good program. Stepanak's a really good program. Um, St. Raymond's really good program. Um, it's it's it's. I mean, a lot of these private schools on the East Coast um, can really play, and they're really well coached. And you know, it's funny. It was going back to um, the coach Bray. We were, when we were he uh, he actually came to watch one of our games when we played down in South Carolina. Um, back in, I guess it was, I guess it was January. And one of the things he said, he, he recruits I-95 because he says it's I-95 toughness. So just down from um, kind of New England, New York City, New Jersey, the Philly Catholic League, DMV, um, I think all those teams are just super talented and super well coached. I mean, I was in Philly for four years, so I saw the Philly Catholic League with Roman and Newman Gretti and um, Carroll and all those schools, and they got guys down there who could really play. And then in the DMV, I mean, there's DeMatha and um, uh, what, what is it, uh, Paul the Six. I mean, there's really – we played St. Andrews too. St. Andrews is another team from the DMV who um, super talented. They beat us back when we were – that's the game Coach Bray actually can't watch. That's the game um, that we played down in South Carolina. So a lot of these private schools are good. I don't know if New York's better than New Jersey or New Jersey's better than New York. I think it kind of fluctuates with the talent every year. But I think generally speaking – um, most of these programs are super well coached and well organized, and I think that's a lot of the reason you see so much success and why you see a lot of these guys go on to um, big time colleges. Love hearing your perspective as a coach because I'm used to just reading like, oh, New York might produce more five stars or more four stars NBA players, but New yeah. Jersey plays more nationally. So I like to hear how you're saying that you're respecting all the coaches, which and you're actually the one playing and coach, so you see all that, which is amazing to hear. But mm-hmm. yeah, and we're definitely more familiar with. The New York schools having watched guys like Adrian Griffin at Stepanak, so it's definitely yeah he's a beast. He's yeah. he's one of the I, he's one of the best players in the country, and mm-hmm. he's coming back and everything. So he's yeah, a, it's he's crazy. A yeah, he he is definitely special. But yeah, I think we we covered a lot uh, in this episode. So I want to thank you for coming on. It was it was really fun. Thank you. Thank you for having for sure. Thanks on. for having me, guys. Appreciate it. No problem. Um, the timeout signing off. <laughs>